Let me make my apologies. It's not for me. Since I've been trying this thing at quarter to, at quarter to 12, uh, I'm only successful now because the simplest thing, when it's not working, I should have switched off the iPad and then restart it again. And that is that is how I, I went in. So I advise other members who are using an iPad, if you can't get through, um, you, 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 you will have to switch off your iPad and then uh, come back again. Okay, let me check now with the others. Uh, how many members are available? And We've got seven members, Chair, with you. Seven? Yes. Okay. Um, can I make a request, honorable members? Uh, we will see what we could do. And then again with the time that has been taken by, by technicalities. Um, can I make a request that uh, because of the time constraints and hoping that we will, we will, we will do justice, uh, MinTech, is MinTech in? Is MinTech in? Okay, in the absence, uh, is uh, CGS in? Yes, 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 CGS is in. Okay, is CSF in? Yes, 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 CF is in, Chair. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Members. Uh, is there any apologies? Uh, Chairman Tech is on, is in. Uh, can I check any apologies? Yes, Chair. We have yes. we received the following apologies, Chair. Mr. Zingula and Mrs. Gweba is still struggling uh, technical difficulties, Chair, to, to, to log in. And then we've also received an uh, apology from Mr. Volmarans. Um, yeah, Mr. Volmarans is having uh, technical difficulties as well. And then Meslonyana is not logged on yet. I don't know. I'll give her a call just to check, Chair. And then and we've also received an apology from the minister who's attending a special cabinet meeting during this time, Chair. So those are the apologies, Chair. Okay. I see the DJ there still putting his complimentary eyes uh, for the meeting. Mintek. Can I make a well, request because of the time limitation that uh, I know you you are prepared for the meeting, but I think we will be doing an injustice if we try and push even when circumstances are beyond our control. Can we? Can I speak to you aside on when can we reschedule you as Mintech and uh, we go straight to CGS? And CGS, uh, you won't take more than 15 minutes because according to the directive we have received, members have received the document. The only thing is to share, it means us as members, we should study the document, is to share what are the key critical areas, allow members to ask their, the questions of clarity, and based on that, you will then get an opportunity to clarify them on the matters that relates to that. And as soon as you finish, which I said, you will not take than an hour, 
at two o'clock, we'll be taking uh, the Central Energy Fund uh, going forward. Then we will reschedule and see how do we tackle or bring in the main tech. Please bear with us. Uh, as you have seen, technically, it's matters that are beyond our circumstances. We can't do otherwise. <clears throat> and having said so, uh, we can I allow now the DG to, uh, as a representative, do you accept our my plea, Minchak, uh, first? Okay. Uh, excuse me, Chair. Yes, Chair. Can I ask Ayanda to record, please? Yes. Okay. Noted, Sandy. We accept. Mintech accepts. Okay. We will come back before the end of the day today, ne? Okay, Chair. Okay. Um, did you? Then uh, CGS, CGS, you've got 15 minutes. You must count your 15 minutes. <laughs> so th thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. I'm with the CEO here and the chairperson of CGS, as well as the chairperson of uh, CEF, and also the chairpersons of uh, distinctive uh, entities, which are subsidiaries of uh, CEF in attendance and our DDGs as well, uh, Chair, and Honourable Members. I'm not going to be too long, Chair, because of time, uh, especially under uh, CGS. I think, um, as you are aware, that we have been discussing the issue of uh, participation for CGF. Uh, the CEO will reflect on this matter presentation because they have received an addition of uh, $345 million over the CGF period. And with that, wanted this to uh, be every year, but uh, they did not actually get what they wanted. We have set the target of 5% of the global exploration share to be obtained within the next five years with geological information playing a critical role in this regard. And so it's a work that uh, the CGS would be engaging on. Now, Honorable Chair, I think under CGS, it is also important to, to highlight that uh, we are delighted to announce that the Minister has appointed an accounting authority for the CGS, and it is headed by Dr. Humphrey Martin. And so we would like to uh, thank, I mean, the, the Executive Authority of the Department of Mineral Resources Energy by making sure that there is, I mean, you know, stability in terms of uh, governance uh, from the side of CGS. Now, coming to uh, CEF Chair, I would only touch on uh, Petro SA. Uh, Chair, we currently have a final draft of a turnaround plan for Petro SA. The reason why we are saying that is uh, a draft, Chair. I'm sure honorable members are aware that uh, the government has started a process in uh, rationalizing and also proposing state-owned entities. Now, we have three petroleum uh, subsidiaries under CEF, which is uh, SFF, PetroSA, and EGS. Now, we are deliberating on this matter in the department. We have come to the conclusion that the three entities would need to be amalgamated. That is why uh, the final draft is not actually 
uh, a draft that we would actually want to present uh, to the honourable members. We've understanding that uh, a lot of work will still actually need to come in in making sure that we finally, you know, finalise this process of uh, rationalisation and repurposing of state-owned entities. Now, I must also report to the honourable members that uh, as from the 1st of June 2020, CF will be having a new CEO, and it is expected that uh, the CEO will be driving this uh, process uh, supported by the department. Now, Chair, as you are aware that, honourable uh, members, this process is going to require legislative amendments, and so which means then we'll would be coming back to the PPC to make a presentation in terms of the process. And Chair, we can also confirm that we'll be coming back to make sure that we give you a progress report in terms of the work that we have done as time evolves. Without any waste of time, Chair, I'm now going to hand over to the chairperson of uh, the CGS board in less than two minutes to give his opening remarks. Then after that, he'll hand over to the CEO of CGS. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. Okay, just before before the chair, uh, let me make this request again, just for the benefit. Uh, I know the chairperson of CGS will agree with me and probably the self-chair and other entity chairperson. You have employed the reliable people called accounting officers. So you won't have this luxury, I must say it now, when we deal with the questions in particular, uh, that the department had, where questions will be answered by 10 to 11 people. So the sooner the CEO organizes more uh, questions to answer as a CEO, the better, because the system doesn't allow that uh, we can do like we used to do before. You remember, we used to have meetings at 9 for the budget and APPs and said like from 9 probably until 5 o'clock. We don't have that luxury now. So, uh, you will work for your money today as an accounting officer and all your entities DJ won't have the privilege you had before. So let me keep in uh, the chairperson can continue. Uh, thank you, Chairperson of, of the Portfolio Committee. Uh, in the interest of time, I just want to introduce my team. Uh, there's the CEO here. Uh, who is the, uh, uh, the, the leader, and I've got other uh, uh, CGS uh, employees here with us. In the interest of time, Chairman, I did send you my uh, opening remarks, and I would like to skip those because the CEO will, will touch on a number of things there. All I want to say is that uh, because of COVID-19, uh, we've made sure that everything goes well here. Uh, we are sitting here observing social distance. Everybody who came in here was was screened in terms of temperature, so we are assured that uh, we we are all here safe. Uh, with those few words, I would like to give over to Mr. Mabuza, who's got 14 minutes to deliver his uh, address. Uh, thank you, Chair DG. Uh, good afternoon to you, Chair of the committee and members. Uh, chairpersons and board members of entities, uh, fellow colleagues from the departments. I'm going to run through very quickly the presentation in the time allocated. Um, <clears throat> the outline of our presentation is as 
is displayed before you. I will run very quickly through that as well. Uh, just perhaps as a reminder that we are a creature of uh, statutes uh, in terms of the Geoscience Act of 1993, and we are listed as a Schedule 3A public entity in terms of the PFMA. So when we were revisiting our, our strategy last year, the one that we presented to yourselves, uh, I will focus on what we have amended we have deemed it fitting that in our values, we include safety, health, and the environment as one of our values, as well as upholding transparency. Uh, we deem those uh, to be new additions to our values that are absolutely critical, uh, especially as a state entity that must lead by example and imbue the notion of a capable state entity. Uh, in respect of our governance, it will be nothing new to you. Our executive authority is Minister Mandash, and our chair is uh, Dr. Humphrey Mate, who has just addressed you now, and this is the rest of the executive team. I will demonstrate later the journey that we have traversed in terms of women empowerment, in particular in the Council for Geoscience, as it were. Uh, this is our structure. In the main here, uh, you would see that we are focusing, and I'll focus only on this, the first part, the portfolio there. Uh, we are aligning our structure to the thematic areas of delivery from the work of geosciences, as it were. Key amongst them that are aligned with our budget vote is the minerals and energy, the extent to which our geoscience will contribute uh, to the development of minerals and energy. Of course, uh, there are applications of geoscience that cannot be ignored, such as infrastructure and land use, as well as groundwater and the environment. Uh, Chair has touched a little bit on the pandemic that is confronting us. At this, as the CGS, we immediately established a, a COVID-19 task team on the 26th of March. It is constituted by all managers, executive and managers, uh, organized labor representatives, uh, as well as the staff members, uh, scientific staff members. It is led by a young lady who is uh, a representative of the uh, organized labor. In essence, the, uh, the task team has been providing advice on what steps we must take to safeguard the health and safety of the employees, as well as our stakeholders during this difficult time of the, uh, of the coronavirus that is confronting us. Secondly, the Council for Geoscience was included in the National Disaster Management Act regulations that were published on the 16th of April. And it required that the monitoring uh, as well as impact assessment of seismicity uh, be intensified with immediate effect around mining areas. And this is the technical support uh, for the decision of the country to open mines uh, so that uh, there will not be a severe 
impact on the uh, mines themselves as well as the surrounding communities and infrastructure. We will demonstrate what we have found in a couple of slides. We have deep cleaned our offices and we have brought back just under a third of the staff and we continue to have uh, monitoring for staff that is coming in and out of the Council for Geoscience. And I'm delighted, honorable members, to say that so far we have zero infections at the Council for Geoscience. We had three uh, cases of uh, uh, that, that scared us a bit, but those were ordinary flu symptoms. They were all tested and confirmed to be negative. In terms of the seismic monitoring, these are the graphs that we have put out. You'll see the first graph looks at the seismicity before the lockdown. We took 12 days before the lockdown. Uh, in the middle, we took 12 days after the lockdown. And the third one, we looked at uh, level four lockdown uh, where we are. Uh, here in blue, uh, the coal mines, and you can see those continue to operate and the blasting is always constantly detected. But in these areas that are encircled in particular, this is in the Northern Cape, you can see before the lockdown, there was quite a concentration of seismicity as a result of the blasting. Uh, they largely observed uh, the regulations uh, uh, and we only had one case of, uh, of blasting that we picked up during level five, and we had submitted that to the department to, to follow up. And after the mines were allowed to mines, you can see that there's a little bit of seismicity that is uh, taking place. But in essence, we can confirm that uh, the decision to mine uh, has not adversely affected the seismic uh, situation in our land. There is nothing out of the ordinary that is taking place. And there is a scientific argument and basis to support the idea of government uh, to reopen the mines as it were. That is the key thing about the slide. So in terms of our strategic alignment, in the main, we have aligned ourselves uh, to the MTSF priorities and we understood that when the president reprioritized this priority, a capable ethic, ethical and developmental state. And that is part of the reason we strengthened uh, our structure so that we can become even more of a capable ethical and developmental state. So all our APP in the main uh, is aligned to the priorities of the MTSF so that we can quantify the extent to which we are giving effect to the priorities of the state. So in terms of the uh, interventions that, uh, that we are busy with, we looked at our strategy, the immediate interventions, uh, this is in the current year, and I will only focus on this one for now, is the implementation of our integrated and multidisciplinary geoscience mapping program we started with this program about three years ago. Uh, the country was mapped less than 5% at the requisite scale of 1 to 50,000. We have ramped that up to 8.8% now, and we are continuing with that program, albeit that we are now uh, fast-tracking the areas of uh, unleashing 
the minerals and energy sector as it were. That leads to the second bullet, which prioritizes mineral assessment and drilling of mineral targets. We will demonstrate how we have reprioritized the drilling of those targets as part of our contribution to the economic response post the lockdown, as it were. <clears throat> um, those are our immediate uh, uh, interventions. Of course, uh, the, the critical stakeholders here are government, private sector, junior explorers, as well as other sectors. Uh, the, we are continuously improving applications of geoscience while we are increasing the coverage. I did cover those thematic areas in the presentation of the structure where geoscience is being applied. But in the main, it is our intention to capture 5% of the global uh, budget in exploration. We had for a long time been uh, performing at a level of mediocrity as a, as a country in respect of exploration to replenish the mines, uh, sustain the economic growth and sustain the jobs, uh, energy security contribution amongst others. Having said that, uh, this slide is intended to demonstrate that with the COVID-19, there has been globally a drastic drop in exploration activities. It is expected that junior explorers budget will decrease by 42% when the global exploration budget will fall by 29% from 10 billion to 6.9 billion. This for us emphasizes the importance of state's continued investment in geosciences in order to improve our country's attractiveness as an exploration jurisdiction. It is our belief that with the geoscientific information that we are generating, it is perhaps more opportune now to demonstrate the value of South Africa, the mineral potential uh, from traditional minerals to new minerals that we are focusing on as it were. We have accordingly looked at our geotechnical program uh, to prioritize the contribution to the economic response immediately after the, the, the lockdown. And we have targeted in three provinces in the, in the Northern Cape, uh, the rare earth elements as well as base metals, in the Northwest, rare earth elements as well as agricultural and uh, minerals used in medical applications like fluospar, uh, as well as the, in the area of Limpopo, where we are looking at uh, precious metals such as gold as well as base metals. It is our belief that with the drilling that we will undertake in the next couple of months in those uh, provinces, we would be able to uh, take uh, the and contribute to the nation's response to the, uh, to the economy. On the just transition, we have now concluded a, a, a preliminary quantification and uh, and, and quality assessment of the Moltino coal resources in the Eastern Cape. What we have yet determined is that there is uh, uh, 321 million tons that are economically exploitable. And at 68% economic recovery uh, and using the base value of 350 rand per ton, which is a very conservative value in our view, there is 122 billion rands. That is the value on the ground that can be exploited in the Northern Cape. We know how far the power stations are in the, sorry, in the Eastern Cape. 
and we are proposing that a modular power station be considered uh, in the Eastern Cape using the resources that we have and applying uh, clean uh, coal technologies uh, to demonstrate that indeed we can use the coal that we are blessed with responsibly and to meet the requirements uh, of uh, climate change as it were. And that is part of the just uh, transition value proposition and our contribution to the just uh, transition. Further on, uh, South Africa has established a partnership with the World you Bank. Are, you, are, you are on my bonus five minutes, Honorable uh, Mr. Um, thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you, kindly. Just the last five minutes. Thank you very much, Chair. I will run through it. So here, the, the, the minister has commissioned uh, us as the CGS, as the implementing agency. We are working with the Sanedi to transition uh, uh, the <clears throat> implementation of this uh, carbon capture storage and utilization. We think that there are really exciting opportunities here that can demonstrate that the bulk of coal that we have, these are the coal in black, these are the many coal uh, fields that we have, and those triangles in green demonstrate the possible sites, uh, the possible sites of um, Uh, the possible sites of uh, of uh, carbon uh, storage, as it were. Uh, we're not only looking at storage, but we are also looking at possible uh, utilization of uh, of carbon that will be captured. That there is an existing power station in the USA. It is known as Petra Nova CC US plant. We have seen how coal continues to be burned but you do not see the emissions of carbon because all the carbon is captured and, uh, and used to accelerate the recovery of, uh, of, uh, of shale gas in proximity uh, where to, to where this plant is at. So these are real proposals that South Africa can take forward, but the science must continue to prove that indeed the applications of this technology can continue to support the applications of hydrocarbons as part of our energy basket uh, and as contemplated in the IRP. We as, uh, as, as the Council for Geoscience are also supporting the Kuberg uh, license renewal application. We are undertaking the probabilistic seismic hazard analysis. Uh, this is in essence a tsunami hazard analysis so that indeed uh, our nuclear uh, plant uh, cannot be subjected to the risk of a tsunami uh, with the consequences that we have seen elsewhere in the world. Um, continuing along, this is the expression of geoscience in infrastructure and land use. The top right uh, picture there, uh, that is Umlazi, and you may all recall what uh, Umlazi experienced in terms of the landslides and the, uh, the, it is very important that in the use of the land, and in particular the <clears throat> housing infrastructure, that geological consideration is one of the key prerequisites to be considered. In the Northern Cape, as well as the Free State, we are supporting already with our geotechnical program, 
the low-cost housing, and this is our colleagues hard at work uh, in support of the low housing uh, program in both of those uh, programs. We are using now artificial intelligence to identify groundwater resources. This is the model of the groundwater resource we have developed for the Free State and the Eastern Cape. Uh, we are lining up the drilling. Those uh, areas that are red and uh, other shades of red are demonstrating highest potential. We think this can indeed contribute uh, to assist the livelihood of our people. In terms of our legislative man mandate, uh, we have submitted uh, to the department yeah, that there be a technical yeah, amendment. Just one minute, wrap up. Okay, just in wrapping up, uh, in terms of the finances, uh, the DG has indicated that we have been allocated an additional 345 million point eight uh, for the MTEF, and that will help us uh, to continue with our programs as as it were. Uh, on the human resources, I wanted to demonstrate that uh, we still have 60% of our staff being core scientific and 40% uh, being the support staff. Just in terms of the uh, women representation, five years ago we had 29% of women in the Council for Geoscience, and today we have 49%. We have, we have gone a long way, we have traversed this journey, and we believe that it has been a journey uh, worth undertaking. And in closing, I wanted to just uh, uh, flaunt our scientific prowess uh, in these two areas. We had put out published peer-reviewed articles, and this is a map of where in the world people have been reading uh, the work of the scientists of the Council for Geoscience. You can see that all over the world, but the greatest concentration, of course, in, in the African continent, uh, as well as Europe, but everywhere else, they've been reading the, uh, the, the contribution of the geoscience to the body of knowledge uh, of geosciences as a fulcrum for human development, as we like to call it. And lastly, this graph here is the data and information that we have been receiving from January to April, and it shows the various categories of those that we work with, uh, junior miners, established uh, explorers, other organizations, universities, and so on and so forth. We have uh, the board approved our data policy. We have put out uh, the mechanisms for uh, classification of data and dissemination of that data. We have uh, appointed a public information officer in the Council for Geoscience, and we are indeed at a position where we are ready to serve our nation and serve it with distinction. Thank you very much, Chair and members. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, um, unfortunately, in some of the slides, I don't want to. I don't want to say for other members. By the time you were, you were in the middle of your presentation, I was only seeing the. Initials of CG, which is a CGS. Couldn't see the whole presentation, but the fortunate is in front of me. Honorable members, um, I want to check now on my screen what reflects is um, that uh, Honorable Phillips is in. Am I correct? Honorable Phillips.
in my screen it says Honorable Phillips is in. It says Honorable Bilangulu is in. Honorable Bilangulu is in. It then shows that Honorable Malinga is in, in the house. Am I correct? Is Honorable Malinga also in the house? I'm here, Chair. Okay. Honorable Mtenjana, it says you are also in the meeting. Yes, Chairperson, I'm in. Okay. Hello, Chairperson, I'm in. Okay. Babukula? Son. Ukon? And Ukon, Okay. Honorable Masaule? Uh, Chair, I'm in. Okay. Honorable Mailam? Yes, Chair, I'm here. Okay. Honorable Vulmarans? I'm in, Chair. Uh, at long last. You are in, Honorable Marans. Okay. I'm still checking Honorable Phillips and uh, Honorable Bilangolo. Yes, Chair, I'm here. Thank you. Okay. Okay, in the absence, we'll see. Can I do it like this? Because part of the instruction is that we must try by all means to ensure that all political parties, they do participate, but also try and do it according to proportional representation of parties. I will try my level there. Now, let me start where I ended last week and come to the front. Honorable Kula, you'll be one. Yeah. Take your number. Honorable Phillips, you'll be two. Honorable, Honorable Mtenjan, because Honorable Shonyana is not present. Uh, you'll be number three. Um, yes, sir. Thanks, sir. Eh? No, I said uh, thanks, uh, Chair. I think also I also have him in it. What? No, I was saying, Chair, thanks, Chair, but I will also use her, her minutes. Uh -uh. No, no, no. Uh -uh. There is no room like that. Honorable Wolf Marans will be four. Honorable Malinga will be five. Honorable. My name, you will be six, and then Honorable Mashaule, you will be seven. Okay, Honorable Kola, any take? Three minutes. I want to check, man. When we were trying to elect acting chair, there was Honorable, who is this, from the IFP. I didn't hear you checking. It doesn't reflect. That's why I asked it. Honorable Nguman. Yeah. I sorry, Chair. Mr. Nguman has got a challenge. IT is sorting him now. 
Yes, that's why I was asking to, for members. Any member has not mentioned he's got a right to come in if he, if he or she is in the in, in the meeting, but is not reflecting on the on the screen. Honourable Kola. No, uh, thank you very please, uh, Salo. Uh, I only have one question, but before I go to my question, I think I must uh, welcome uh, the presentation, a very thorough presentation from the CEO of the Council for Geoscience, uh, and applaud the Council for their uh, commitment and movement around the empowerment of women. I think the serious increase from 5% uh, to 49% they must be seriously commended. My the Moltino project. When are we likely to see movement in that regard? Because if you look at the economic potential, they mention around 122 billion into the economy, and I think it can be able to create a lot of jobs for our people. When are we likely to see some kind of movement and be able to start with the exploration? Thanks, Chair. Okay. Honorable Phillips. Thank you so much, Chair. Um, the, my first question is, um, what new seismic data was gathered in the 2019-2020 year that has contributed to the fiscus? My second question is, can we please have a balance sheet of the... Apologies, Ms. Phillips, can you switch on your, your camera, please? Oh, sorry, okay, there we go. Okay, um, sorry, my second question is, can we please have a balance sheet for the department? And my third question is, um, how much, for, on slide 14, I'd like to know how much of the global <clears throat> exploration share were you able to capture in the 2019-2020? Thank you so much. Okay, Honourable Tenjan. Yes, uh, thank you, Chair. Yeah, well, Chairperson, uh, we are very happy of the well, very well and well-organized presentation. It shows once again that this company or this entity indeed uh, is the entity that's supposed to be the example into many more other entities that are failing to just do their work. So we are very happy about the, the presentation here. It's very, very clear, like always, it's very clear that they know what they are doing. And also uh, to commend them about the issue of corona. Yes, indeed, uh, they already uh, included the, 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 the issue of corona in their budget or in their plan. That we also welcome a lot. And then only thing that maybe we would like to, be, to know is if indeed they can tell us where will they, they be focusing on, especially in as far as the resources, which resources are, are they going to, to focus on for this uh, financially? And then also to, 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 to commend them also for the 49% of, uh, of women in the entity, that we welcome a lot. So. Yeah, that, that, that's it. And also one last, last, last thing, maybe uh, for clarity also. Uh, I understand that uh, the entity's got a building in Cape Town, if I'm not mistaken. But now we want to know 
why can't maybe that building? I, I, I remember last week I asked this question and I'm going to ask it again. Uh, why can't maybe say the department have one big building that will accommodate all the other companies, all the other entities, so to minimize the cost? In other words, because uh, this issue of having many buildings, we end up being paying many, a lot of money for rents and all those things. So I just would like to, to be cleared on that one. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you. Thank you, Honorable Ntenjane. Honorable Vulmarans. Thank you very much, uh, Chair, for the opportunity. And um, let me also welcome the presentation, um, a well-grounded and well-featured uh, uh, presentation. What I wanted to check, uh, Chair, is the... Um, Whilst we welcome uh, the question uh, that deals with labor in as far as um, women are concerned, um, there's a lot of positive. Uh, on one of the slides, 37, it shows that uh, the entity is in a very good financial position uh, currently. Um, I wanted to check what is the effect of the uh, corona virus on the financial implications and sustainability of them going forward that is now post um, uh, lockdown does it have any effect on 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 their financials thanks chair okay thank you honorable uh, 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 honorable malinga Thank you, Chairperson. Greetings to the colleagues in the meeting. Disadvantage is Kalo Yoguba number five. Volma runs the Melegube Wee or Loka Omanj. I think I will pass now, Chair, because the questions that I had, uh, my colleagues have already raised, but also to really appreciate the presentation given by CGS to us and, and congratulate them on the job well done, especially in terms of curbing COVID-19. Thank you very much, Chair. Okay. Thank you, Honorable Malinga. Honorable Mailam. Thank you, Chairperson. I have a couple of questions. My first one is on slides 18 and 19, and it relates to the uh, Maltino Indware Coalfield project. The CEO spoke about uh, clean coal technology and carbon capture, and I'd really like to get clarity about the role of CGS in this regard. Uh, you know, just one example is that the Madupi project has been in the news lately that the, the installation of a flue gas desulfurization unit at Madupi is going to cost 42 billion rand, and uh, that is a significant uh, amount of money to bring clean coal technology. So. My question is, what is the role of CGS and why are we pushing a, a, a coal-based technology in this area, given the, the impact of uh, carbon emissions and, and other emissions in the uh, Mpumalanga area? My next question is on slide 32, and this relates to the operational expenditure. And there's a significant uh, reduction for which we must applaud the CGS in operational expenditure. But my question is, how are they planning on accomplishing that that reduction? And it's when I say it's a significant reduction, um, 
the amount is sorry i've just lost the slide the place here uh the amount is a 107 million rand reduction in operating expenditure and i'd like to know how they're going to accomplish that then on slide 40 the entity has reduced to its lowest number of core staff members in five years but at the same time its support staff has has grown to a point where it's almost at its highest point uh, and in three years it's doubled so can the can the, the the ceo please explain to me why the 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 core staff are are leaving and what they are doing to retain them and also what they're doing to to bring the support staff in line with the core staff. Uh, in other words, to make sure that they have a, a, a proper focus on what they're meant to be accomplishing rather than on having uh, HR and finance and, and other non-revenue generating, non-core uh, function generating staff taking up headcount and, and costing us money. Thank you, Chair. Chairperson. Ayanda. Mr. Malin. Can I suggest that Honorable Mahbawule uh, carries on as, as the acting chairperson until the chairperson comes back on? No problem, Mr. Malin. Mr. Mr. Mahbawule, can you proceed? I'll check what is happening with chair. Uh, thank you. Thank you, uh, honorable members. Uh, that would suggest that I, I I pause with my my questions because I was next uh, as a chair. Uh, we'll then allow uh, CGS to respond to the questions and the observations made. Uh, uh, Mr. Mabuza. Uh, thank you very much, uh, <coughs> Chair, and uh, thank you to members for for the questions um, let me I'll, I'll answer them chronologically as as they were asked <clears throat> on the uh, the when will the Moltino uh, project develop in terms of the work that we do as the Council for Geoscience we have now quantified we have assessed, we have looked at the quality, we know that what the 
uh, what the qualities of the coal are. And uh, this is information that uh, we hand over to, to the department uh, so that uh, the department can then uh, 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 take it forward as the custodians of uh, the mineral resources of the land. And I have the assurance of the DG who's here and the minister that uh, uh, indeed uh, this is a potential uh, to be looked at and uh, considered. Having duly considered all uh, the, 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 the challenges as, as it were, but it is an opportunity and in fact, there is already a mine uh, that has been running there in the area called Indue. Uh, so there will not be necessarily new and uh, uh, <clears throat> foreign uh, exploitation of the mineral resources. All the production of Indue was previously exported. Uh, to interesting destinations uh, like Europe, uh, Brazil, uh, and India, amongst others. And what we are mooting for is that uh, if we are blessed with the resource, we have the challenge of climate change, uh, let us use technology uh, to find the solutions. If we can put a man in the moon, there is absolutely no reason uh, why technology and scientists cannot find appropriate technology uh, to exploit the resources that we are blessed with so that they can contribute to development as it were. Uh, Honorable Phillips, in terms of the seismic data, we are the, uh, we have 122 seismic stations. Uh, that we are constantly monitoring any risks of seismicity in the land at any given time. Uh, we further are collaborating with Mine Health and Safety Council. Uh, we have installed a bigger cluster of seismic stations around the deep mining areas. And what we have done when the authorities decided to open the mines, uh, we have focused on the analysis of that information uh, in the areas where mining is taking place uh, to make sure that uh, there is a scientific basis and support of the uh, decisions that, um, uh, uh, that our principals are taking. <clears throat> uh, we certainly can make the balance sheet available uh, the annual report contains uh, our balance sheet for the Council for Geoscience and uh, we, we will make sure that uh, uh, it, it, is, uh, <clears throat> uh, it is availed to yourself, uh, Honorable Phillips. Um, in terms of exploration, there are some exciting figures that SNP Global puts out. At our lowest ebb some four years ago, uh, we were at 35 million dollars, US dollars, in exploration expenditure. Uh, last year, we were at 97.5 million dollars. So this is almost uh, more than 
doubled the exploration uh, activity. And that is understandably from a very low base, uh, which is not where we were before. Uh, but these are uh, signals of hope uh, that we could uh, do more with the geoscientific information that we have in order <clears throat> to advance exploration. In any given time, exploration averages 10 billion, uh, 10 billion uh, US uh, dollars uh, worldwide. So the 100 odd million uh, dollars will be 1% of the share, uh, the global exploration share. It is our intention to ramp that up to around $500 million, which would be eight to nine billion rands a year, depending on the exchange rate at, uh, at any given year in time. There are three attributes of attracting exploration. One is regulatory space. That in South Africa has been taken care of. Two is geological information. This is where the state is investing to increase geoscientific information. Uh, the pace thereof is something else. The third one is access to financing. Uh, of course, with geological information, you can always de-risk uh, and increase the appetite of, uh, of investment in exploration. And there are several other modalities that we are looking at uh, to encourage more exploration. So there has been uh, observable growth in exploration expenditure and this trajectory uh, can only grow from strength to strength. Honorable uh, Tejana, we, we certainly have a, a building in Belleville, Cape Town. Uh, uh, our satellite office is, is there. And uh, I think the Director General uh, will respond about the consolidation of, uh, of buildings. It's not a call we can make as, as the CGS, uh, but he's, he's right next to me, I'm sure, at the end he would step in. Um, the effect of corona on financial sustainability. The, uh, because we are a Schedule 3 uh, entity, and so far we have been allocated that additional 345-odd million rents for the next MTF, uh, we have not uh, we have not heard uh, how the Minister of Finance is planning to reorganize the purse of the nation. Uh, we don't know yet if that will or not affect the Council for Geoscience. Uh, but as things stand, uh, there are only direct costs that are relating to our response uh, to COVID. Uh, we have had to uh, make sure that the colleagues who are working from home have the tools of trade, they have the data, and um, uh, for those who are coming back, we have incurred uh, additional costs on deep cleaning of the, uh, of the buildings. We have purchased sanitizers and PPE, uh, and those, those are costs that we deem to be absolutely necessary. Uh, to safeguard uh, the health and safety of our colleagues. And what we, what we are busy doing is we are preparing a learnings report uh, because this is uncharted territories for us. So 
uh, at the end of every phase, we are putting together a report of learnings, which includes uh, the costs. And uh, uh, once we are done with that, we'll make it available to, to yourselves. Um, uh, Honorable uh, Malem, on, on, on the uh, question of the role of CGS, uh, CGS is the custodian of geoscience information. Uh, when we see the coal fields that we have and we see the billions of tons that South Africa still has of coal, uh, we are saying, is there a scientific intervention that can be cost effective, that can secure energy security uh, to the extent that it, it will be consistent uh, with the climate change commitments uh, that we have made as a country. We have looked at the rocks uh, that we have and characterized those rocks and identified areas where these rocks uh, can become the storage uh, into posterity of, of the carbon as, as it were. I don't know about the technology Midupi has, uh, has chosen I, I am unfortunately unable to answer for that. So what is our role? Our role is simply as follows. Uh, we, we are looking at uh, what are the characteristics of coal, sulfur content, the other NOx elements and so on. Uh, what technologies can be used to capture carbon at the right state I think they call it super ultra critical state. And can we characterize the rocks where this uh, carbon can be stored and injected safely uh, and preserving the environment and cost effectively? That's what we are exploring. We have not gone to the issue of the, of the cost yet. The World Bank is funding this, uh, uh, this research they are interested in finding the, the solutions. We are collaborating with the other researchers from other parts of the world uh, to try and find solutions. Uh, it is, after all, part of our energy basket uh, as a country. We continue burning the coal to generate uh, not only electricity, but other sources of energy. Can we use that responsibly with energy intervention? And our view is it is possible. So let us use the scientific knowledge that we have to explore that so that we can put scientific arguments uh, on the table. So uh, we will continue to do this research. Uh, we have developed a new hypothesis that we are very excited about, uh, that carbon at the ultra-supercritical state injected in areas where there is potential geotherm can possibly induce that geotherm. And if it can, and this can be tested, it means that carbon can be a source of sparing other future sources of renewable energy. Allow the science, uh, Honorable, to explore these things so that uh, we can provide proper, scientifically considered responses to this challenge that is confronting the world. And it is not something that we should, any one of us should take uh, for granted. Uh, on the issue of the core staff, 
Honorable, uh, I can tell you now uh, that uh, that was page page 40. I can tell you now, Honorable, that uh, when we joined the Council for Geoscience, one of the things we had observed that was very painful for some of us was that our most vulnerable staff members, the cleaners, the landscapers, the securities, all of them were outsourced. And we took a deliberate decision that we must give integrity uh, to South Africans. And we insourced that stuff. That's why you see the jump from 2017 to 2018. It's a deliberate organizational decision uh, that gives credence uh, to giving integrity to the workers of this organization. Because for us, every worker is that important and no worker must be treated as a secondary worker. I could not understand why the CEO and executives were not outsourced and the most vulnerable in the organization. And it is a decision that we took and we believe it is the right decision to take we are comforted, we have benchmarked ourselves against other scientific institutions elsewhere in the world. And the ratio of 60 to 40 of core staff to support staff is in line uh, with the uh, global scientific research uh, institutions. Uh, I, I don't think I fully understood the question on the reduction in expenditure, uh, which page was that? Uh, on slide 32. On slide 32. <clears throat> on the ground. Okay. Uh, if you give me a minute just to go back to slide uh, 32. Yeah, you are left with three minutes. Oh, no. Uh, I'll be done in less than three, Chair. Oh, the, the, the decrease of 1.7, uh, sorry, 107 million uh, rands. This is in, in, this is in line with the, uh, the allocation that, that we received. So we have had to reprioritize uh, our programs, uh, slow down significantly. You would recall that we were very aggressive at the beginning of this strategy. We wanted to have the entire country mapped at this scale in a period of 10 years. And uh, reality, uh, when we were confronted with reality of a constrained fiscus that would not necessarily meet all of those requirements, we have had to go back to our drawing board and look at how do we reprioritize uh, those areas that we believe can bring returns immediately. And our view, is that we must use what we have today to demonstrate the value of the organization so that when we go back uh, to our shareholder department and, uh, and the Ministry of Finance, uh, the value of the Council for Geoscience uh, would be uh, unquestionable, uh, even to yourselves in, in Parliament and the broader uh, population. I think the uh, the last question, Honourable Chair, uh, that I omitted uh, from Honourable Ntenjan is which minerals are we going to be focusing on? Uh, we, in the main, in, in this short term, we will be focusing on 
the rare earth element. Uh, we will be focusing on base metals. Uh, rare earth elements are used mainly in uh, renewable energy and new industries. Uh, base metals such as copper, lead, nickel and zinc. Uh, we will be focusing on fluospar. Uh, we know that one of the uh, entities of Nexa uh, has been struggling in sourcing the uh, fluospar input into its stream and the geology indicates uh, that we have huge potential uh, for fluospar development. We'll be looking at phosphates, uh, agriculture secures our food basket and our farmers are very important uh, that when we look at uh, our contribution to food security, uh, the issue of phosphates uh, becomes a priority to us as well. And lastly, uh, in the short term, we'll be looking at precious metals. Um, but uh, nothing precludes us uh, from continuing to look at uh, other minerals. Those are the ones that we had an opportunity to look at during the time of the COVID. Uh, the team has been meeting on a daily basis during this uh, uh, the level five lockdown on, on weekends, on holidays, uh, reworking the program in the way that uh, we can re-channel our finances, we can reprioritize our program and focus on those that can have the greatest impact. Thank you very much, Chair. Uh, <clears throat> thanks, thanks, uh, uh, CEO, uh, Mr. Mabuza. Uh, I'm told that uh, Honorable Tonyani is uh, has joined us. Uh, Mr. Numalo is back. Uh, and the chair is back. So uh, I would like to hand over back to the chairperson. Chairperson? Chair. Honorable chair. You can hear me. No, 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 sorry. I, I was the last time I was disciplined in muting my, my mic. Uh, thank you, thank you very much, honorable members. Uh, I think I'm struggling with the IT this side. I don't know what is happening today. Please bear, bear with me. But having said so, let me welcome uh, the other members also. Uh, honorable Shonyani, I'm told, is in now, and honorable... Uh, honorable... Was was also in Umalo. Uh, um, can we now? Uh, it's ten to almost ten to. Can we now uh, give to Seth? Seth, you take from ten to up to quarter past. Seth. Is it me disappeared again? No, Che, you're here. Where is Seth? Uh... Stepping up. 
Okay, let me say CEF because if I say CEF, you will think I'm talking about the powder. Sorry. CEF. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chairperson, um, the Honourable, the Members of Parliament, and uh, colleagues, uh, the Director General. I'm going to be three minutes. The presentation from the Central Energy Fund will be made uh, to quarter past by the acting CEO and the CFO of SEF, Mr. Lufuna Makoba, who is next to me. Mr. Chairperson, I'd like to acknowledge that in the presence here, in my presence, is the Chairperson of PetroSA, Mr. Valeni, the Chairperson of IGAS, Ms. Lentler, the Chairperson of AE and PASA, the last time we were here, Mr. Chairperson, we all had acting chairperson. I'd like to make mention of the progress that we have made with regards to committed and focused leadership that we have appointed over the time. We have appointed uh, by the Petrosane Board and Chairperson and staff, Mr. Pragasan Naidu, who is now a full CEO of uh, PetroSA on SFF, that is a strategic fuel fund. We have appointed Mr. Moahe. On AE, we have appointed Mr. Zanel Mbisi. And PASA, we have appointed Dr. Masangani also a lady. So we've got two ladies out of the chairpersons of the group that we have appointed. Uh, chairperson, as I have said that, and as the DG has alluded, we had had challenges behind us. Uh, the group commercial sustainability has been a problem. PetroSA had had a crisis as a consequence you will hear what we're going to do in terms of our approach going forward. That is stabilizing the institution of SEF as a whole and trying to consolidate where there has been too much duplication. Our objective remains always as the objective of commercial viability and uh, we want to pursue to be able to at least get 10% market share and stabilize the ten round of all institutions. Uh, strategic relevance, Mr. Chairman, is to develop of a key energy infrastructure uh, to support job creation and security of energy supply. We'll do that by the projects that we want to execute in the near term, the LNG development, new refinery, strategic storage, infrastructure and also minerals 
and uh, to security of the energy supply. Mr. Chairperson, with those few words, I do not want to take too much. The acting CEO and CFO is going to make the presentation. By the way, uh, I think I've mentioned that the CEF CEO also has been appointed, as mentioned by the DG, uh, by the name of Dr. Pula. So we are complete now as the executives. The executives are to take over the institution forward to compete with the industry. Thank you very much, Chairperson Mr. Makuba. members, um, DG, our chairperson, and the chairperson of the subsidiaries, and, and colleagues. Uh, I will be taking you through the, the self-group presentation. Uh, we have tried to shorten it, uh, given that uh, the time is quite limited, but the presentation that has been sent to Parliament is quite extensive. Uh, I think I will cover 15 slides. At high level, as our chairperson has already indicated, uh, as CEF um, over the, the planning period, we plan to increase our market share to at least 10%. We, we, we plan to um, uh, generate profits uh, to the value of at least 4 billion per annum over the, the planning period. Uh, and this will be achieved uh, by us um, operationalizing the LNG terminal that uh, the chairperson spoke about. Uh, we plan to participate in the gas to power program where we use the tail gas from PetroSA to supply ESCOM. Uh, we plan to build a, a commercial scale biofuel plant in South Africa. The plants have not been built for some time. Uh, we believe that will help in terms of energy security. Um, we plan to uh, diversify the energy mix by bringing uh, renewable energy, which we are looking at uh, CSP plant, which CSP stands for Concentrated Solar Power Plant. And lastly, which I, I think for this presentation the most important part, uh, we plan to turn around PetroSA. And our turn around, we will go into the details later on, but just at a high level, uh, we plan to um, uh, reconfigure the group which the DG mentioned earlier around uh, petrol, SFF, and I guess we believe when we do that, we'll be able to uh, make sure that the group has got scale to be able to compete because with this industry, where you've got no scale, it's very difficult to make money. Um, so our will also be looking at how we restructure in terms of cost and uh, make sure that we convert the muscle be refinery to process liquids. Uh, currently, the plant process gas. Uh, so when we convert it, we'll be able to operate the plant at a, at a commercial scale. And SFF will also be um, made to be more commercial. Currently, it has been more of a non-profit organization. 
that, that's what we are trying to achieve over the next uh, five years, just looking at the, the commercial side of the business. At a high level, Chairperson uh, and the members, uh, we we are showing a, a diagram showing the self group where we report to. Unfortunately, we don't have the pictures. Um, but at high level, our shareholder rep is the Department of Minerals and Energy. And within SEF, um, there is a holding company which is called uh, CEF SOC, and CEF SOC owns subsidiaries. Uh, I will focus mainly on the commercial one. The first one is called African Exploration. It focuses on uh, mining. Uh, the next one is called Petro-SA, which focuses on uh, exploration, production, and, and the supply of uh, petroleum products, I guess. Currently, it's an investment company that owns shares in the Romco pipeline. Um, lastly, is the strategic fuel fund, which is as a full own uh, the storage for, for crude oil, which is uh, the, the, the biggest one. It's in, it's in uh, Sardana. On the other side, we have got uh, the regulatory entity, which is PASA. PASA is funded by, by the state. They receive a grant on a yearly basis. Uh, on the other side, we have got uh, the funds that we administer on behalf of the state, uh, which is called the Equalization Fund. Equalization Fund, what it does currently calculate the petrol price and it announces it once a month, and we collect other levies that uh, we pass on to the to the National Revenue Fund. I think that's what SEF uh, as a group does. And, and, and within the holding company, there is a renewable energy division currently still uh, quite small. It's not a standalone entity. What is key, uh, which is not written in the slides, Chairperson, it's a, when you look at CF, it's quite a substantial entity. It's called a Schedule 2. Schedule two entities are normally commercial entities. In terms of assets value as CEF, we have got assets worth 35 billion rand. Uh, more than 50% of those assets are in cash. So we've got at least 18 billion rand cash uh, at the end of quarter three. So that's who CEF is, and it employs more than 1,800 people. So it's quite a substantial entity. Chairperson, <coughs> I will move uh, to a slide that talks about um, the state of the entity. Uh, uh, the, the slide that I'm showing is quite uh, familiar within the government cycles. Uh, CEF as a group has been uh, classified as an entity that requires agent intervention. Uh, classified with the likes of SAE, ESCOM, and for us, the main reason why we have been classified as such, it's mainly around the, um, uh, the performance of Petro-SA. The performance of Petro-SA, one of the key issues is we have run out of the fixed stock. The plant is operating at a third of, or below a third of its design capacity. However, our costs have remained the same. Uh, that's the main reason why this group is in red. We have also had challenges around our governance, around the disposal of the strategic stock. Uh, SFM has done good work around that uh, with the forensic uh, 
the forensic has been done, they are busy implementing consequence management. So those are some of the matters that affected us. And when you look at the um, at, at SEF as a holding company, we have not had the CEO for the last uh, five years. I think the last time we had a CEO was in 2014. Uh, Petro also had a challenge, that, but the chairperson has already indicated that uh, they have appointed uh, uh, leadership to be able to take the call forward. I think based on this, we'll then be able to move uh, from red to yellow. Our plan is to be able to get to green uh, at the end of this period. So those are the reasons why we are classified as red. So we, how we define our problem as saying currently we are red, and the reason is governance, the financial issues, how we operate, and then we plan to move forward. Apologies, can you please unmute the mic? Can the presenter unmute the mic? Sir, if you are not audible, we can't hear you. Person, can they go back one slide? Because we're not hearing them. Chairperson, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. Okay. Chair. I, I think I spent five minutes talking to myself. I don't know if you had our chairperson. No, 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 we had the chairperson right through a you. They say on the last slide, can you just revisit it in two seconds and then go forward? We just accidental. Okay. Chair, are you able to see the slide? Yes, we see it. It's the voice we're not hearing, but can continue. Okay. From All right, okay, Chair. Okay, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I was saying, for, I will spend a bit more time on this slide. Uh, our main focus is on commercial sustainability. Uh, we, we are heading the industry's petrol crisis. The main challenge that we are facing with Chair is that uh, petrol has been incurring substantial losses over the past couple of years in excess of more than 20 billion rand when you look at it from 2014 to date. And, and, and those losses are starting to erode the, the value of the company to a point where now the company has now become technically insolvent. Um, 
And, and that is because one, we uh, our, we impaired the project that we did called Project Equity, and Petrus has run out of uh, affordable affordable feedstock uh, uh, that they need to process the refinery. So that's that's the key part around uh, why we are in this particular situation. Um, the next one, Chair, I will focus on what is called the business model. Uh, when previously gas results started to, uh, to be in decline, Chair, we did not adjust our cost structure to match uh, the production level. Um, we were operating it for 6,000 barrels a day. Now we operate below 18,000 barrels a day. However, our headcount has remained the same. Uh, therefore, we will struggle to make any money from our current business because of how um, we, we are operating. The other part that I need to highlight, which the chairperson mentioned earlier, was around the issue of leadership. The CEOs have been appointed. Um, then we have also had a challenge with the, with the project execution, that we have not been able to execute our project uh, on time within the budget to be able to uh, to grow the business and even sustain it. Um, the next slide, Chair, uh, I've skipped a whole lot of slides that talk about industry analysis, but uh, I will just focus at high level. So we are seeing, yes, as CEF, uh, there are some strengths that are still left within the group. As I mentioned earlier, uh, we have got assets worth more than uh, 35 billion rand. Um, we have got cash in excess of 18 billion rand. Um, I don't know what happened here around IT. IT, may please help. Uh, the screen has just disappeared. But if people are still able to see, because. Yeah, but how do I move the slides? Okay. Chair, um, I will then uh, move to what we call opportunities. When we look at our sector, we believe that there's still opportunities around uh, uh, biofuels, renewables, um, and shade gas. That Mr. Maguza spoke about earlier on, um, and the gas uh, that the country plan to move to, uh, as uh, outlined in the RP, where government plans to at least roll out uh, more than 3,000 megawatt uh, of, uh, of new power stations that will be utilizing gas. So that's what we see. On the threat side, we see that the environmental compliance is starting to affect some of our businesses. There's carbon tax that is being imposed on businesses like Petrosy, AE, <clears throat> and also the issues around environment. Uh, some of the banks are no longer willing to lend to uh, coal mining companies. Those are starting to have a negative impact on how we, we operate our business uh, relating to the business that rely on fossil fuel. Uh, under weaknesses, we have um, some structural challenges uh, around um, governance, but those issues have been resolved uh, with the new boards that have been appointed, and also the holding company challenges. It, it was uh, quite a passive uh, holding company 
the idea now is to move to a holding company that is quite active in the affairs of the subsidiaries uh, that's that under uh, the threat and weaknesses chairperson. And then I will move uh, into what we call uh, how we plan to move forward as a group uh, in the short term. Uh, we plan to stabilize the group and the stabilization is mainly focused on how do we make sure that Petroeste continues to operate into the foreseeable future. And then the transition, once we have stabilized Petroeste, we need to be able to move uh, uh, from that, uh, from, um, from the stabilization to an area where we start growing the business, look at new technologies that can be brought into the market, we're looking at gas, and then after that, we plan to uh, accelerate the new core that we have found. Uh, and then lastly, we will be improving how we operate as a business on the side. We, we, we indicate what we indicated earlier around the increase in market share. All these things will be done to improve our market share, our profitability, uh, because we are more of a commercial company. And then I will move to a slide that talks about what are the uh, key themes uh, for the planning period and the deliverables. Uh, at high level, we'll be looking at a strategy and long-term growth. Uh, so they will plan to at least get at least a billion grant from our new business development into the future. Uh, we plan to uh, <clears throat> also improve our current business, which we call a commercial sustainability and turnaround focusing on petrol making sure that the current assets that we have in SFF and other entities are operational and, and, and they are quite efficient uh, to be able to deliver what we, we need to deliver uh, as an entity. We also have a social mandate where we are looking at how then do we uh, improve our B levels to, to get to level one uh, and, 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 and also roll out social programs under that. It's a program such as solar water heater that we are doing on behalf of government and, and other social programs that we work on. And on the other side, we will also be focusing on the operational efficiency. Operational efficiency means to say how do we make sure that we reduce our cost so that we are able to compete with other entities that are commercial. Uh, would, after looking at those high level around which we call outcome based uh, uh, programs, we, we then need to look at the execution. And in our view, we cannot execute any strategy without people. And then we'll have to look at uh, uh, how do we improve uh, our human capital. One is we need to have a high performance culture uh, that to, will make sure that whatever we promise, we deliver. Um, and that will be underpinned by a robust HR strategy uh, that will look at the skill set that we need for the phase that we are in and develop the people uh, that we have and where we have got gaps. We then need to look at the market, look at partnerships to be able to uh, make sure that our assets are fully operational. Uh, and lastly, uh, under the corporate plan, uh, still as part of how do we support uh, the execution of the strategy becomes corporate governance. For us, we know that the way we have got no governance is very difficult to operate. And our governance we plan to uh, achieve a clean audit as a group, make sure that we've got zero fruitless and wasteful expenditure. When you have that, then the money that you'll be saving uh, from 
fruitless and wasteful expenditure, you can then deploy it into growing the business. So that's what our governance section will focus on. There are other initiatives that we have listed around governance, what we are going to do. But for us, the key uh, amongst these initiatives becomes what we call implementing our parenting strategy. How do we make sure that the group it's well coordinated to be able to deliver you are, on it. You are on your last, you are on your last few minutes, uh, Thank you, Chair. Um, <clears throat> given that uh, my minutes are quite limited, Chair, I will go into petrol essay. There is some few slides talking about um, petrol essay options. One option that we looked at, Chair, was um, do we continue with petrol essays? Doing that would be very costly, we won't be able to afford it. Another possibility was uh, uh, you just give up and, and close down the entity, but that is not an option. And then we, uh, we have cycled on what we call uh, the restructuring and the repositioning of Petroese, which is what uh, the DG spoke about, how then do we bring the entities together. So that's what we'll be looking at uh, in repositioning Petroese. Uh, there are programs that have been listed uh, in the slides, under stabilize. I think the key part is uh, we need to reduce the cost base that we have. We need to uh, make sure that um, the tail gas that we have, we are able to supply to ESCOM and be able to uh, earn some money, make sure that our refinery is operational. And once we have done that, we can then focus on how to grow the business. But for now, the key part is how do we reduce the cost to make sure that the assets that we have uh, are delivering chair? Um, I will skip this slide, chair. I will go to what we call uh, the parenting strategy for uh, CEF. Currently, CEF is more of a hands of owner. We don't get involved in how subsidiaries operate. Uh, the current model has got serious limitations because we are not able to intervene. Uh, when things are going wrong, uh, you only get to be involved once the entity uh, has really been in serious trouble, almost uh, to, close to a stage of being bankrupt. And when you get in there, it's, it's too late to be able to save the entity. So the board is looking at how then do we move from being a hands-off owner to becoming a strategic guide. Basically, a strategic guide is mm -hmm. the strategy will be driven in the center. Uh, we'll make sure that the key projects are executed at the center so that we are able to deliver. Um, and then also be able to raise funding at a center where we leverage the balance sheet of each other. When we do that, we'll be able to support the whole group. And uh, that's what uh, we are talking about when we say we want to become a strategic guide. Um, in this live chairperson, we, we try and outline the programs that we'll be looking at. Uh, first, it's what we call operational efficiency, looking at the restructuring of literacy. We've got um, the sustainability uh, of the group, how do we make sure that SFF works and others, make sure that we, we get the maximum return from the asset that we have. We have listed the programs there. Uh, under growth, it's in the implementation of the LNG project. Uh, and, and other key initiatives such as uh, our diversification into renewable around power and also looking at biofuels to be able to move forward, uh, take advantage of the shale gas as a country. Um, Chairperson, 
this, this slide we are requesting support from you. Uh, we are saying we, we need support to be able to restructure the entities that we have uh, so that we are able to build something substantial. Uh, we are also looking at an option of uh, how then do we uh, uh, fund our rehabilitation liability. This liability comes from um, pre-94 and the, the way the regulations have been set, uh, they are quite punitive on an entity like Petro SA, because then it says you must have money. If you have the liability of 11 billion, you must have money now. We are saying we need to look at a, a model that and we are proposing one option is to say uh, government can be uh, can issue a guarantee, Petrosy pays a fee on a regular basis, uh, and this is normally done with the mining companies. We are also looking at can we uh, have access to the fuel levy, and the, that money will be used to fund our various projects that we have as a group. And in conclusion, Chairperson, uh, we are saying. The SCF has been placed on hold. Please wait. SCF, we know we have got challenges, uh, but we have a plan. We have the, the leadership that has been appointed by by the various boards to be able to execute. Uh, we do have some money, but we will still need Your support. Your been placed on hold. Please wait. To be on our mandate, Chairperson. Uh, thank you. Okay, thank you very much. Let me. Let me Your call has been placed on hold. Please wait. Whose call has been placed on hold? Can you please take off your phone? My phone, I'm not talking to anyone. Uh, honorable members, I'm trying to. Your call has been placed on hold. Please wait. I saw, I saw on the screen, uh, Honorable Fanyane. But in. I'm here, Yes, Sorry, Chair. Can I request that you answer your mic so that the sound can be audible? CGS, can you please? Thank you. Can we ask everyone, just mute your, your, I nearly said your devices. Some people don't like to say devices. Can you mute almost everything that is in front of you that is supposed to be a mic? Uh, it will be Honorable Mashaule, Honorable Mailam, Honorable Fanyane, Honorable Malinga, keep your number, Honorable Ngumalo, Honorable Vulmarans, Honorable Tenjane, Honorable Phillips, and Honorable Kula, as such, in your two minutes. Uh, try and then please uh, answer the straight question so that we don't arrive at three o'clock before other questions have been answered. Just straight to the point.
So the case, Honorable Mashaule, your three minutes start. Thanks, Chair. Um, let's let's welcome the presentation by the acting CEO. And really, Chair, I, I am not going to speak about uh, uh, Petro SA uh, for obvious reasons. I want us to look at uh, slide 22, Chair. Uh, the column that says strategic direction and overall vision and mission and parenting strategy. Those two bullet points on the right side are problematic to begin with, that there is a lack of clarity on SEF's mandate and mission as it has a broad focus. I mean, um, if you have lack of clarity as a SEF, how do you then uh, hope to operate properly? Uh, to me, that is the anchor of everything. Uh, together with the bullet point that says CEF does not have a clear parenting strategy, and so subsidiaries compete with each other, and so synergies cannot be leveraged. If that can't be sorted out, a strategic direction of an organization you're not going anywhere, and it collapses everything, including the governance structure, the capabilities, and a business model. I don't see an institution having a sound business model without firstly understanding uh, the, 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 the clarity of the mandate of the group itself. Uh, so I find that uh, really uh, uh, problematic, and I think... Uh, it's, there's just no direction if that issue is not uh, 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 cleared. So the chair of SEF has got a, a, a really a big task to deal with that so that other things can then fall in place. Otherwise, you're not going anywhere if you, you don't resolve those things. I don't want to talk about Petro SA. I'll leave it for other times, chair. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chairperson. Uh, I have a, a number of questions. The first one is on slide six. Oh, thank you, by the way, for the for the presentation. Slide six. CF says that they want to position themselves as a commercial energy company, and it then concerns me. And it's something that we've spoken about in the past. And I'd like to know if there's been any movement on this about the role of PASA, the Petroleum Agency of South Africa which you describe as a regulatory entity, and I understand its regulatory role, but uh, has there been any movement in that regard to move it out of the CEF's purvey and into a more regulatory environment? Then on slide 10, you talk about the impact of COVID-19, and uh, in the graph on the left-hand side, uh, you're using uh, an example from Statista, which uses a 20% income drop caused by the COVID-19 recession. Surely we should be looking at uh, a worst case scenario. I mean, economists are predicting anywhere between 20 and 40%. So shouldn't we be using a worst case scenario when we're looking at that? Uh, going a little bit further on that, if we note the decline in oil prices on slide 12, the, the uh, impact of COVID-19 on, on, on oil prices, what is the potential impact on CEF operations, particularly Petro SA and the SFF. What are, what what are the outcomes that you anticipate seeing because of that drop in oil prices? 
Then on slide 17, um, you talk about the legislative environment. And here I'd like to ask you, uh, first of all, what is the, the status of the gas utilization master plan? We haven't seen anything in that regard for a long time. Uh, I also note that you talk in the second bullet point about the IRP as the IEP, and they are two completely different things. So if you could just make sure that we're talking about the same thing. On slide 20, uh, I'd, I'd really welcome some information about the status of the turnarounds. How far are you with these turnarounds? When can we expect to start seeing results from them? Then on slide 38, you've got three options for PetroSA, and you've got a closed down option, you've got a no uh, uh, remaining status quo, and then you've got a, a restructuring option. And I'm really interested in the closed down option and why you've budgeted that at, at costing 13 billion rand. What, what does that cost entail? Then also, if you look at the restructuring of, uh, option, why is job preservation the key factor there? Surely it should be commercial viability or sustainability of the entity rather than just job preservation. Um, I'm a little bit confused about the mandate there. My last point is on slide 52. Sorry, second last, uh, second last point. Let me just continue on that one for a moment. What happens if you don't get the 15 billion rand you require for for restructuring Petro-SA. What's, what's the outcome? Because you said, you said that there is a, a, a 25 billion rand if you do nothing, 13 billion if you close it down, 15 billion if you restructure it. What happens if you don't get any money, any extra money? My last point then is on slide 52, you talk about what you need to, to do. And you talk about, for example, accessing the fuel levy, and accessing the carbon tax. My first question is, have you been in discussion with National Treasury about this? And, and have they agreed to that? And secondly, how much are we talking about in those regards? Both of those contribute to the National Revenue Fund. They don't, they, they're not ring-fenced specifically for, for CEF or, or any specific uh, allocation. They contribute to the general revenue of the country. So have you, you spoken to National you. Treasury? And how much are we talking about? Thank you, Chair. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, thank you. Um, my question is with the restructuring or the proposed restructuring of Petrol SA, Petrol SA. Where do you think this will be finalized if you are given or you do get the 15 billion? And then secondly, on the relationship between the holding company and the subsidiaries, my question will be, you spoke about the, the support that you need from the committee. Uh, can you maybe be specific exactly what support do you need from, from this committee? Thank you, Chair. Well, thank you. Thank you, uh, Honorable Malinga. Thank you, Chairperson. Um, and let me welcome the presentation by Seth. Chairperson, and applaud them that finally 
they have realized that they are bad parents. I have been saying this. It can't be correct that the subsidiaries under them are striving to be perfect, whereas the mother body is not uh, working functionally. I am very worried, Chairperson, because their mandate is to contribute to the security of the energy supply for the country. But given what is happening itself, I don't see this happening anytime soon. Chairperson, Honorable Maker has taken my point on slide 22, because without a strategy, even if, they, like the DG said, that um, they can't present the turnaround strategy now because Petro SA, SAF, and I think he said PASA will be amalgamated, so they will be coming back to the PC to, to, to give that uh, turnaround strategy. I think we can, we can talk about the subsidiaries, but until we address the issue of SAF as, as, as an umbrella body, we are not going to win this battle, Jefferson. Thank you very much, Jefferson. Thank you, Honorable Malinga. Uh, Honorable Mumalo. Thank you. I was looking at my time on the other side, but continue. Yes, Chair. Thanks, uh, but you can pass. Don't. If you say I must pass, I must pass. Because if you say I can pass, it may mean that you are doing me a favor. You are a member of the committee. You want me to pass? Yes, please, Chair. Okay, thank you. I'm very careful of English. Uh, be careful of your mics, please. We must hear news we don't want to hear. Uh, Am I audible? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the presentation, Chair. Um, a number of issues have been covered by uh, Honourable Daule uh, and uh, uh, also um, Honourable Maidan. The the CEF, with its own admission. Uh, recognizes that the 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 challenges or problems they have um, are historical, and um, they list their challenges. Uh, they list their, the the turnaround strategy, and through their also own uh, admission, they say the group has been beset by project failures, poor project execution, below par business performance. Banks are are not kind to them. Now, I remember that um, a couple of months ago, we had more or less the same presentation from them. And I, I doubt whether we are going to have headway with the projection of their strategy uh, anytime soon. I just wanted to check, apart from the CEOs that have been appointed, um, what positive can they put on the table for the last couple of months. If we can start jotting down that, look, we have achieved this milestone, we have achieved this other one, it reduces the five years that they want to get to a return on investment by 2025. But I'm as worried um, uh, about 
the entire strategy, which looks very good. Everything is identified. The turnaround or the time that it will, it will take, um, given the new challenges, I don't know where they will find themselves. I would want them to comment on that, Chair. Okay. Okay. Uh, Honorable Tenjan. Well, uh, thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Chair. And also, thank you for the uh, presentation. Now, Chairperson, from, from the best entity to the worst of them all. Now, CEF, at least we thank them for today because they they finally came out and, and they are telling us that indeed something is definitely not right there. But here is the issue here. The reason why CEF is going through what is going through is because CEF was, was established, you must check its mandate, CEF was established before 1994. So in other words, it was established during a to help develop companies like Sasol during the sanctions. Now, that is why now their vision is already expired. There is nothing they can do now. They are no more needed. This is what we can say. And then uh, the only solution that they can do now, I hear they say, they're talking about the restructuring of Petro SA, which is correct, because we need Petro SA. What we don't need is CEF, CEF itself. We don't need it. They need to restructure itself, CEF must restructure and uh, take all the budget and focus it in the entities like Petro SA, SFF, because those are the entities that we need. Not CEF itself. We don't need it. CEF, we don't need it. We need uh, entities like uh, Petro SA and the SFF. So what they can do is just to do themselves a favor and restructure themselves and get away. Because look, They've got also buildings all over. They've got buildings also in Cape Town. They've got buildings in, in Johannesburg, which they are renting and paying a lot of money because this issue of renting buildings is the one that is, they, I know that they don't realize, this is the one that is taking a lot of money because you need to pay a lot of money on those buildings. So that's a reality. They need to restructure self and concentrate on SA, uh, Petro SA and SFF. We agree that earlier on, there was a suggestion that uh, they, they are suggesting to, to merge SFF, I guess, and Petro SA. That's correct. We agree on that one. Because we need those entities for the sake of the government. Thank you very much, Chairperson. Thank you, Mom. Hey, today you are yourself. Okay. Honorable, uh, Honorable Phillips. Thank you, Chair. Um, okay, the, the first question that I have is that um, I see they want to increase the um, share of downstream. What I'd like to know is that the one um, filling station which you own at the moment is situated in the Eastern Cape. I'd like to know how much volume is you, goes through the um, filling station and what the profitability is. 
I'd also know, like to know, do you envisage building new petrol stations? Do you envisage uh, taking over existing um, petrol stations to buy? Or do you envisage starting a whole new company? Then for the risk management, I'd like to know what, what has been done to mitigate the um, uh, COVID-19 disaster in the drop in the oil price. Um, and then I also would like to know our um, capacity that we rent out. How competitive are we and how much com capacity do we have? Um, and then my last question is, of the low-hanging fruit available to this department, what have they actually implemented to, in, to generate income? Thank you so much. Okay. Honorable Kula. No, and Yabule Saloman, I did not want to, but I wanted to say something, but I will leave it. Uh, the first issue which I wanted to speak about, the DG when he spoke uh, in his executive summary, spoke of a draft uh, strategy turnaround strategy for Petro SA. The presentation speaks, when it speaks to key challenges, I think it acknowledge, what it acknowledges warrants us to fast track, that we need a fast track thorough presentation of a turnaround strategy for Petro SA. I think many of us are looking forward to a time and era where Petro SA will be, uh, its challenges that is confronted with will be a thing of the past. Secondly, uh, I think the issue of the parenting strategy has been spoken to by uh, fellow members of the committee. But I think I need to say, Chairperson, that we can't afford a situation where subsidiaries of the same group are competing amongst themselves. I think that on itself is it's not, not an ideal situation. And I think it needs uh, the self-group to pay a particular attention to that, uh, to that issue. Uh, then the, the 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 group suggest that the suggestions that are made by the self group. I want to understand that uh, if majority of your suggestions that we have requested are not met, what will be the future prospects of the of the self group? And also on the same uh, request that have been made by the self group. Uh, looking into their current uh, status as determined by the National Treasury, how attainable are some of these requests? I mean, if there are challenges that have been identified by National Treasury around the self group, how attainable are some of their requests uh, for their own uh, turnaround, Chairperson? Uh, also, on the same issue of the of the status of the group on uh, around all. Of the status of the group in as, per, in as far as the national treasury is concerned, what is it that the self group is doing to attend to all the challenges that have been identified uh, by the national treasury? Lastly, Chairperson, uh, around the long term prospects of the group, they say that they want to generate around 4 billion free tax profit per annum. I want to understand that how much is your current pre-tax profit at the moment? And how do you plan to achieve uh, this ambitious plan to say you'll be able to move from a point that you are in currently 
to 4 billion in 2025. What are some of the feasible plans that we have to ensure that you attain that? And you are understand. Okay, thank you, honorable members. Uh, honorable Bilakul is still not in there. Eh? Okay. No, thank you. Seth, I'm sure you're going to answer. My, I only take, and I, I want to leave this for a discussion. My, my only take, which worries me, Slad, uh, and, um, and, uh, and the CEO of Seth, is that you are making a plea or a request, whether on, a, on the restructuring process or on the current status of uh, petrol estate. But you say SAF has got a, I'm trying because in some areas you are making a plea to treasury, then this must be made as an intervention. Now, you, one part you say SAF is, uh, is, 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 is stable in terms of asset value. Amongst others is that in, in liquid form, you've got about 18 billion rands that is, that, that is there. Now, the big question will be, if the same subsidiaries of SAF cannot work amongst themselves and find a solution financially, if it is financial, how would you expect Treasury or any other entity or, 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 or any state institution, whether it's through the department or ever, to come in and intervene? In your last, this is also in relation to your last. Uh, before last page, second before last page, when you make the request amongst those is a guarantee on the rehabilitation liability taken over by the state, 25% of fuel should be redirected from national treasury to serve, all those kinds of things. What if the national treasurer comes and says, can't you pickpocket amongst yourself first? Because I look at it that if it is a short-term what the plea is here, it's going to turn into a long-term one. I must appreciate the fact that you, you have made a little bit of strides in terms of addressing, which I think it's a matter that we level at the level to, to look at it in the discussion. But please clarify this part because there is generally a belief, there will be a belief that you are asking for, bail, for, for a bailout, if we put it crudely, when in essence within your entities that you intend to reorganize into one entity, you still have got resources uh, within them. So you will have to, to give clarity because what if in six months' time the reorganization or the restructuring takes place? It actually means the same resources that I would say they are sitting as a surplus will form part of the new structure. So currently, it means even within your entities, they cannot be able, if we are to put a crude word, they cannot be able to subsidize. You must go, instead of borrowing home or get something from home, go out and get and create or beg for something to get from your parent, in this case, the department or generally the state and treasurer. I think we'll have to clarify. Otherwise, I'll leave other issues because I think they're more relevant to engage with them at the level of the committee, if you can give that answer. Unfortunately, as I said, uh, we left you with a lot of minutes. It's 43 minutes now. 14.43, please, at 14.55, give us back the... We said it, Tina. Thank you. And then I can now come with the details.
Thank you very much, Mr. Chairperson and the Honourable Members of Parliament. And definitely thank you very much for the productive questions that you have asked. Um, questions that we may have answers to and some not answers to. But one thing I can start with the comments or question that probably would lead to answering the micro or some of the questions that were asked by the members is that of self-soliciting bailout. <clears throat> Mr. Chairman, we are not in the business of bailout. We are not coming to you in presentation of the corporate plan and strategy to ask for bailout from government. If that message has come through in that form, we apologize, or we did not really put it correct. The reason why we are putting ourselves in an ask for your support as, 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 as the Portfolio Committee in Government is that of restructuring or consolidating our entities. When we came six months ago, what we realized was that there's too much duplication within the institutions. There's too much duplication between our gas and PetroSA, the work that they were doing between PetroSA and SFF. We've sat together as board members of these institutions, together with the executives, to try and understand how we can streamline and how we can get better value out of what we do from the executives that we have. And the past six months as all new corporate directors, that is I guess an SFF, we've been doing exactly that. And we did not have full-time leadership. Any institution that doesn't have leadership is bound really uh, not to be able to, to function well. But some of the institutions, including SFF and I guess, have done extremely well. But at Petro SA, we didn't do well. Chairperson, I, from an institution that had about 24 billion grand in revenues or reserves to currently less than a billion, something went wrong and something was wrong. And it was not this board, nor this minister that did that. There was something wrong that should have been asked from 2014 what actually happened for the reserves to decline to this current level. Is it our job then as board of members to be asking the question of where is that 16 billion or what happened with that 14 billion? Or is it our job to look at what the current environment is and whether this institution is still viable and still produce for the national government and still operate for the nation state. We believe that CENF has an opportunity. We believe that the Central Energy Fund is an institution of government that can continue to supply energy or to secure energy for the state. And that these institutions that we have should change. We have to unfreeze, to look forward to making sure that we provide revenues for the government and we break even. We break even with the losses that have been made. 
particularly at the Petro SA side. When we came, yes, we have historical problems, Mr. Vormarans, that is true. And these are the historical problems that we are trying to reverse by having good leadership. That is at the executive level. And I believe that the people that we have believe that they can turn around. Number of turnaround strategies have been put in place. You're right. There's no turnaround strategy that is going to turn around an institution. An institution is going to be turned around by people who are committed to government, who are committed to turning the institution around with the resources that they have, that are available. We have resources. They are meager resources. We can use resources that we have, uh, can capitalize and be able to to, to, to really turn around the institution. We have to take the non-core assets out and look at the core assets. But one of the biggest mistakes, Mr. Chairperson, that has happened in our institution uh, was that of thinking that we can do things alone by government. It didn't work. The case and study is this one. We have realized the importance, Mr. Chairperson, of partnership and of public-private partnership strategic partnership. We have realized that it is an important thing to do and we have started to do that. We have started at a small scale that no numbers yet we can produce in this corporate plan. We want to continue with that. There are assets that are being sold currently for what used to be the national uh, entity, that is us. We are looking at those and discussing uh, very uh, strongly with Sasol and see what assets that we can acquire so that we can build up our entity of Petro SA and, and, and the, 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 the CEF. So the CEF group has been busy uh, getting its leadership in place. The CEF group is busy making sure that it is reducing the costs Yes, Mr. Ntsinjane, you're right. We cannot have um, headquarters, Johannesburg headquarters, Mosul Bay headquarters, Cape Town headquarters, Saldana. That is really what was going on and what had been going on and what is not going to be going on and what is what we are planning to do with this restructuring and this consolidation. And therefore, we are doing things right. If we don't do things wrong, I promise I'm one of the people who will be the, say, I could not and I cannot take this job. But because of my commitment to my government and making sure that this state-owned entity is going to make it, regardless of what this balance sheets look like at this present moment, I take the job and I will take it for nothing. Most of us are committed to really make sure that restructuring of this institution and putting these institutions together and making sure that there is no duplication and making sure that the skills that reside within these institutions complement one another rather than compete with one another is going to make a difference for this nation state, for this state-owned entities. We know all the state-owned entities and their plight and we got here as board members, not just for the sake of being board members of the institution, 
but to turn it around and to make sure that in the next five years when the shareholder is still here, we produce. We're not going to be complaining about changes in leadership, in political leadership, or changes as actors, as we were called Hollywood, because we had acting, uh, we have acting uh, 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 CEOs. So we want us, we want to think, uh, uh, support us, and to think positively about the way that we are going to take. And um, that is my plea to, to 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 the portfolio committee to trust that. Don't look at us in the last six months. Please look at the next financial year, starting with this first quarter of the financial year. What we do, most of what we have, and what we do, and it's also affecting the demand from that perspective. I think the slides we spoke about the government department can talk about that. Thank you very much. The way we mentioned interdependent plan, it's not a mistake. We are not confusing IRP with with interdependent plan. IRP is a sub of that. But the department has been working on that, so we just say this is what kind of success when you do plenty. Um, the Commissioner will try and respond to the questions. In, in terms of uh, the first questions from um, Honorable uh, the question around um, the issue was the strategy we finalized I think lack of plans this is the integration of entities so the diagnosis uh, is uh, the, the role of staff uh, if we look at these companies uh, because we have a challenges however since this board has been appointed in October, the board has adopted a strategy that says this is how we'll operate. Uh, in, in my presentation, I spoke about um, self moving from being a passive owner to becoming a strategic guide. So the work that is being done uh, around uh, our the role of the center is trying to address these issues. In our view, we believe that once um, SEF has got a clear uh, strategic uh, guide role, as has been articulated in our documents, uh, we'll be able to create more value. Uh, so this was not the diagnosis, not what is currently happening, but what when we did the diagnosis, this is what we had. Now the board has, uh, has adopted um, uh, the strategy to move forward. Um, there were questions from Honorable Mayor uh, around uh, the role of PASA. I think the, the regulator or our shareholder is looking at um, the upstream petroleum bill, which says that entity will be a standalone. I think the DG can give more details around that, but there is already that view. In terms of scenarios, yes, scenarios are always tricky, depend um, who is looking at them. We have looked at them, we have tested the oil prices, data. And it, it, it all this arranges to say what does it mean. But I think the key part is when the oil price is too low, you then have any, like currently, um, we have the oil price that is low, but for SFM is such a good uh, opportunity because then you are able to then utilize your tanks. For petrol, it's not such good because then the value of the asset goes down. 
And it also discourages exploration and all those other uh, key items around uh, the, the, the scenario of COVID. Yes, we have modeled it as a group. Uh, what we can do, whatever is within our control, is to say how then do we reduce our cost to make sure that we're able to, uh, to survive going into the future. Uh, like most oil, oil companies have been negatively affected by this, and it's also affecting the demand uh, for the products. I think the slide 17 spoke about GAMP. I think the department can talk about that. Um, the way we, we mentioned uh, integrated energy plan, it's not a mistake. We are not confusing IRP with, uh, with integrated energy plan. IRP is a sub of uh, that, uh, but the department has been working on that. So we're just saying this is what guides SSF when we, we, we do planning. And um, there was a question around um, when will the strategy be finalized? I think um, we'll give the progress report. Um, the ministers announced that we're going to look at the integration of entities. Uh, is the, the role of SEF. Uh, if we look at most companies, um, you have a holding company. The role of a holding company is to make sure that uh, you develop new businesses, you manage the current ones that you have, you raise capital on their behalf, and it's, it's quite normal in the market uh, when you look at the oil industry around uh, um, the role of the holding company. Uh, Volmarans asked questions around um, the achievements. We, we have uh, done some things well over the last, um, actually now it's 12 months. Uh, the chairperson spoke about the appointment of leadership, the, the boards. Financially, most of our entities are performing well. They're meeting their targets, with the exception of Petroese. And Petroese, I don't think that is just the um, the issue of management, but the, when you look, even when you look at like, like a normal mining company, at some point you run out of the reserves. When you run out of the reserves, it, then what you do, and that's where we are currently. I think it's a bit beyond what uh, it's within our control. We have just run out of the reserves, so we need to uh, reconfigure the entity and reposition so that it's able to play a meaningful role going to the future. Yeah. The chairperson spoke about um, the buildings uh, that was raised by Honorable Tenjan. So we are planning to consolidate our buildings, make sure that we are lean as an organization uh, going into the future. Um, I think there are some questions that were raised by Honorable Phillips, uh, the Petrol CEO, who come in to, to, to respond to that. Uh, but when we look at downstream, now as we are looking at, um, there's multiple options. One is to say acquisition, uh, trying to, rebuild, to, to build your own uh, filling stations will take too long. So as to say, when the multinationals want to leave the country, can we acquire those assets? I think those are the things that we are looking at. Uh, Honorable Kula raised an issue around um, how do we plan to achieve our targets. 
Uh, when we look at the self group, the time is 14.59, and we are told there is a committee after us that must come in. Remember, the slots are given according to the times. Now, the, the three to six committee is supposed to come in. Can I, can I make this request? Please, because we're still going to talk to the members. We can now outline this and what will be the next. The next uh, Apologies, Chair. Can we see your face and switch S? Can you switch from your mic? Yeah. Can you see your face and CGS can switch off their mic? Okay, CGS is supposed to know technology more than us. No, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, we, we, are, we are exactly at 12 o'clock and another committee is supposed to come in. Can I add quickly before, if we cut off, can I quickly add that expecting CEO, all those questions that you had not uh, responded to, can you please send them to the Secretariat in writing, and then we'll be forwarded to members. Secondly, uh, honorable members, I said I can't outline. We will try and find a way to outline when uh, is the next thing. All I can say quickly, we have tried to squeeze the program in such a way that almost all the entities must be inside the process before we deal with the draft report, as well as the, as well as the, the adoption of the report. So we were supposed to finalize the whole work by, by May. That is why we will also go back to, 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 what is this, to MinTech and see what time we can get in terms of the slots available. For now, let me apologize that probably not all the questions have been answered. Thank you to you, Seth. What is good is that at least now you've got a stable administrative arrangement in terms of your personnel, senior executives, that should be welcomed, but uh, in my view, there's still more that needs to be discussed. The last point, Chair, the point I was just saying is that if you look in your in your one of your graphs, you have clubbed and categorized yourself at the level at, to some degree, or you've been clubbed with those entities that seems to be requiring, and to be frank and honest, your SAEs and others. That is the stage where the report itself says now, the issue that we're raising is that in the process of restructuring and the request that we made on the second last page, the challenge will be, have you utilized to the maximum the internal resources that you have, including your, in terms of the investment? Because some of the things like taking something from another, like carbon tax from Treasury to as an investment, also a new investment uh, venture, is still going to be considered as an overlap outside the mandate of this committee. So that's why I was saying some of those issues, we can deal with them when we deal with the report. But for now, thank you very much. Uh, and my apologies if uh, we're stood in, in, in the midst of another committee uh, that is supposed to come in. Thank you very much, honorable members. Thank you, Seth. Thank you, DG. Unfortunately, I can't give you even to make a closing remarks. We are out, completely out of time. The meeting stands adjourned.